Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 66, an interview with Scott Genta, a chemical engineer and safety consultant, Part 1. Today's episode is the first of its kind. I've never done an interview before. And this is Part 1 of 2. Scott is a co-founder of Safety Management Services, Inc., or SMS, an international provider of risk management services to a wide range of commercial clients and government agencies. In fact, Scott recently spent over two years in Australia on a special project related to the Australian Department of Defense. Now, like Scott, his team at SMS consists of highly qualified engineers as well as scientists who have experience applying risk management protocol to ensure the safe processing and handling of explosives and hazardous chemicals. Serious stuff. Now, he's a regular presenter at industry conferences, He's a husband and father to two amazing kids. He's a 10-time half Ironman participant who's currently training for his first full-on Ironman later this year. He's also my good friend and mountain biking buddy, and I'm super excited to have him on the show today. Let's rock this. Well, Scott, uh, thank you so much for joining me today on Small Biz Brainiac. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. So tell me a little bit about Safety Management Services, Inc. and what you do. Well, before I do that, first I want to say I listen to your podcast. I love them. The amount of information you provide in such a short eight minutes is amazing, especially as a, a small business owner. I think that it would take volumes of books to catch up to what you provide in just that short eight minutes. So anyway, just wanted to let you know that. Well, thank you. On Safety Management Services, is an engineering firm. We come from the propellant and explosive industries. And we split off from a, a company, Alliance Tech Systems, back in 1998. And so a lot of us have background in uh, solid rocket motors. And we provide a, a variety of risk management services to a wide, wide variety of clients. And we work basically around the world also. And we have qualified engineers and scientists. We've got the technical expertise, but we've also got the guys that work in the trenches, kind of like me. And we also have a test site where we actually test propellants and explosives out in the middle of nowhere, Utah, where we're able to do those kind of tests for people. And we're one of the entities known by the Department of Transportation to recommend shipping classifications for explosives and explosive articles. Well, you guys are the real deal, no doubt about it. I mean, you're dealing at the high end, the far end, the sophisticated end of the risk management spectrum. You're dealing in the uh, chemical environment and the explosive environment. So it's super interesting to me to hear about the type of work that you do. And I know we've talked, you know, in the past and I've, I've heard a little bit about the places you go and the things that you do. And, and you talk a lot about, you know, risk management protocols. So I was wondering if you could tell me, maybe dive a little bit deeper into that and, and describe what you mean by it. Sure, no problem. The way I like to look at it, risk management and systematic risk assessment, it's all about having a system to basically go in and look at scenarios where, you know, you could have an event where people could get hurt, where you could have a chemical release, where you could have a fire or explosion. But the point being to look at the processes that you have 
or the job tasks. It doesn't even have to be that complicated or technical. It can be a simple job task that you look at and basically you're doing an accident investigation before you have an accident to look at those scenarios to make sure somebody's not going to get hurt, whether it's tripping, falling, slipping, that kind of thing, or getting hurt, carpal tunnel syndrome in an office environment. So it can be technical, and there's methods and systems that do that, failure mode defects analysis, hazards and operability studies, but there's a simple JSA or job safety analysis that can be done for, for smaller companies and small businesses. Yeah, you bet. I mean, the concepts and the strategies that you employ in doing your job are universal. They can apply across all industries. I like what you said about going in and investigating sort of the accident before it happens. So you're imagining or you're envisioning what could possibly go wrong in this scenario with this particular position and this worker with the things that are happening around them with the housekeeping issues that might be present. And have you ever watched the show um, Psych? I don't even know what – we watch it on Netflix, so I'm not sure what station it's on. But do you, have you heard of Psych? Yes, I've heard of it. So anyway, this guy, it, you know, he has just this uncanny ability to observe what's going on around him. So he walks in and he works for the, it's like a consultant for the Santa Barbara Police Department. So he goes out on these, these investigations. He's just very observant. So he sees everything that's going on and notices all the little details that other people don't. So that's kind of how when you're, when you're talking, that's what I'm envisioning. I mean, I envision you like, his name's Sean on the show. So I, there's Scott out on the job site, just seeing all the little things that most people would just overlook or not even think twice about. Well, you're, you're right on. It's that deductive and inductive reasoning. It's that Sherlock Holmes looking at what happened, especially if it's an accident, what happened, what are my clues around that led to that event. But what I like to do is look at the event and go back the other way and see what are the things that could cause that event coming in from that angle. And a thorough accident investigation would include both of those inductive and deductive reasoning. Excellent. So tell me, why is safety important to a small business? Why should they be concerned about safety and risk? That's a fantastic question. And our company being about 20 or so engineers, um, we're a small business. We go through the same thing and we go into, you know, fairly hazardous areas. Again, we're not turning wrenches or bolts. Some other small companies may be doing, but a small business needs to realize if they haven't one injury or even the, the worst case of fatality or something like that, it could destroy a small business. And not only that, I mean, that's the worst part. We don't want to injure a person, of course, but if there are injuries and you have a regulatory agency get involved, there's potential fines, there's potential criminal liabilities. And if a small business is negligent in not providing the right tools or safety systems or safety programs to their employees, they can be liable. And again, that can be damaging and that could destroy a small business. Whereas a large company or a large entity may be able to weather those kind of storms better. I mean, granted, they want to protect their people also, and they may have more resources 
to put together for those programs. I say that, but a small business should be able to put together those resources about putting together a workplace safety program. It's not that difficult, especially if you're a small business that is very specialized in the things that you do. Maybe you are construction and you work on homes and you're up on the roof. Well, you better have a fall protection program to make sure you protect people from falling. That's one of the biggest causes of death in the construction industry or injury for people falling and not having that simple program to protect those people up on that roof. Or if you're a, a plumber or a, an electrician company and you're going in, you better have a system to isolate and lock out those energy sources so that somebody doesn't get electrocuted or hurt. Or even plumbers, I heard when they go into a house and they do welding, hot work, they're one of the causes that burn down construction sites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they better have that hot work program. It's not rocket science to be able to keep their people safe, and they better have that program in place in case somebody does hurt themselves. Yeah, it isn't a rocket science, but it's something you definitely need to keep in the forefront of your mind. And a lot of it is common sense. But um, until you've you know developed the program and implemented it and you've created that safety mindset, then you're really you know skating on thin ice. And I know a lot of people, I've come across a lot of companies in the past that I like to say that, you know, Lady Luck is their risk manager, right? Because they don't have one. And so they just leave it to luck. And sometimes they're lucky and sometimes they're not, but eventually luck runs out. So it's super important. And not only, as you said, because you want to protect the health and welfare of your employees, everybody should want that. But there's also potential personal liability to the business owners if they neglect their duties to provide a safe work environment. And I mean, that can even, there can even be criminal charges filed against you if you are grossly negligent and, and willful in your lack of safety. It is really incredibly important. And in addition to, you know, the fines that you can suffer, your work comp insurance costs are directly related to your work comp loss history. It's an experience-rated insurance, and the worse your history, the more you'll pay, and the fewer options you'll have as far as who's willing to insure you. So, Right, and the way I like to look at that, too, is the more safety you provide, and people don't necessarily see this, but the more safety you provide to minimize and not have those expenses, you're actually going to be saving money in the long run. And there's a fantastic program out there called the Voluntary Protection Program with OSHA that gives you the steps of how to put together a safety program, one, and number two, you can partner with some of those regulators to help you from a consultation standpoint. And there's also the OSHA.gov website, which has tons of information. I actually like their website. It's actually pretty good. I use it all the time to search, and that's on the federal level, and keep in mind your state may have different things to that also. But to, to look at what you said, like an accident, yeah, you see the part part of the employee being injured and that's bad, but it's like the, the iceberg principle, right? You see that little piece of ice, but you don't see what's below the surface. And that's where you're talking about all those different fees, those costs, criminal liability, insurance costs, and all of that. That's a great analogy. It really is. <laughs> there is so much more under the surface that you may not know you don't even know how do you approach inspections uh, i know th you, this is what you do you right you you go out you consult for these these large companies that have tremendous amounts of of exposure 
And one of the first things you do is go out and do an inspection. Tell us about that. How do you go about that? Yeah, I like to call them audits <laughs> in a sense, but instead of inspections, I'm not necessarily yeah. an inspector, but yes, I like to go out and audit and actually really enjoy that because it's really kind of seeing how their systems are working. And one of the things I do a little bit different than maybe an inspector who will go right out to where the process is or the operations and, and look for what I call, you know, low hanging fruit, you know, do you have a blocked egress? Are you blocking some of your electrical cabinets? Are there these things that are low-hanging, quote-unquote, auditor fruit, you know, simple stuff they can find. You know, I, I will get to that, but I want to look at first your written program, like you talked about in your podcast. What have they written, and what are they saying they're going to do? And then after kind of getting an idea and a flavor for that, then going out into the area, talking to the employees, talking to the people out in the process, and see if they've been trained, and see if they understand that the safety systems are in place, that they know about them, that they're following them. And it's pretty easy to see if a company's, you know, they, it's easy to talk the talk, right? It's easy to maybe have a book on the shelf that says, hey, we're going to do this, but hey, let's get on the floor and see if people are walking the walk and really doing what they said they're going to do. And I've been very successful at that and being able to really get into the system, not only finding that low-hanging fruit, but then finding those systems that might not be in place, such as a training system, to make sure the employees are getting that training that's sitting up there on the shelf. I love it. So you're you're testing the implementation of the written safety programs. Exactly. Well, there you have it for today. We'll conclude the interview with Scott on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.